That's how we feel right now. It was a rough week for us here on the Panther Pod. <sighs> a moment of silence for LSU, West Virginia, and Ferrum. Sorry. Oh, boy. All right, let's get hey, it started. But on the bright side, Steph's Cur- Steph Curry's mom showed up at the Ferrum game. I 100% did not know that uh, Coach Adams and Steph Curry were related. That's awesome. That's that's awesome. All right, we're getting started. Take it away. What's up, everybody? I'm Owen Sapelnik. My name's Cole Connor, And this is the Panther Pod. All right, Cole. So... It was another crazy week here in college football. Yeah, there was um, not really a whole lot of upsets this week, if we're being mm. honest. There were some, but not nearly as many as what there were last week, well, there in my opinion. Well, there, and there weren't the ones that we wanted to happen. Yeah, no, it, it was... it was. Mm. So, you first start off the week uh, with Virginia beating Miami. So, down goes the U. Well, I mean, the U has been down all year. Like, they really have The U's been down since the 90s. The U was good for three games in 2017, 2018, somewhere in there. And then um, they just, they played Notre Dame and got wrecked. And then they haven't been able to win a game. Well, they've won games, but they haven't been able to win any major games since. Well, when they were in the Big East, West Virginia and Miami had some big games back in the day. Yeah. So we took down Miami. They took down us. It was a whole thing. Um, but going on, uh, then Iowa just stomps Maryland. I mean, 50, 51 to 14. They had um, six interceptions the entire game. Six, yeah. I mean, they were just racking them off. One, I mean, mm. so, yeah, it makes you feel great as a West Virginia fan to see that one. Well, I mean – And this goes back to what I've been saying the entire time about uh, Maryland, UCLA, everyone. Those kind of week one upsets is, okay, that was something that was not supposed to happen to my program in week one. Wasn't supposed to happen that to us either, but... Yeah. But when you turn the ball over four times, that's what... Yeah, that's that's what you get, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, turnovers win games. Yeah. Well, and you saw that with Iowa. You get, you just, you, Maryland gave Iowa six more possessions. So, um, but another awesome upset. Cole's Cole's not entirely happy about this one, though. Um, Florida, I mean, sorry, excuse me. Kentucky beats Florida twenty to thirteen. I am happy about it because that caused Florida to drop down positions. But I'm not happy about it because LSU plays Kentucky this week at Kentucky. At Kentucky, yes. So, so it, it was a good SEC matchup, honestly. Kentucky's five and zero. Florida probably won't be making the playoffs again this year. I think they're three and two. I think Florida has a shot if they win out, but I highly doubt they'll be able to win out. Not with losses to Alabama and Kentucky now. No, yeah. Um, Cincinnati. This one was awesome. Cincinnati beat Notre Dame, and they didn't just beat Notre Dame; they handled them most of the game. Yeah, twenty four thirteen. I mean, and I don't want to hear the excuses that Cincinnati does not belong in the college football playoffs because absolutely they do. They beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame had a lot of hype this season. They they beat Notre Dame at 
at South Bend, in South Bend. Notre Dame has hype in every college football season. Like, oh, Notre Dame should be in the top four. No. No, they shouldn't. They're an independent school for a reason because they get easy scheduling that way and can stomp weaker opponents. And that's what they thought was going to happen with Cincinnati. And they don't schedule themselves like BYU, where BYU has a legitimate... Sometimes BYU has a tougher schedule than Notre Dame does. Oh, yeah, Vandy. Look at Vandy's schedule. Well, granted, I mean, Vandy is Vandy, and anyone's a tough opponent for them. But Did you see the ticket sales for that, this past game? Well, was it a dollar apiece? They were a dollar on the 50-yard line. <laughs> yes. And then, and then you beat UConn by only two points. Vandy just needs to go on. Yeah. I mean, they're just – it's Tulane. Tulane has more – has three more – SEC championships than Vanderbilt does. And they were only in the SEC for what, like five, six years? Um, no, no, they it was more than that. It no, was they like were the one. They were, they, were, they were one of the founding members of the SEC, I think. Yeah, they were, but they, and then left, they left shortly after. Yeah, but you ha- they have three championships. You know how many ba- uh, Vanderbilt has? Zero. They've had almost like 60 years to catch up. Tulane put on their helmets before the Vanderbilt game mm-hmm. that. And I think they still won. <laughs> and I, they, I they beat Vandy or something. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me. And, uh, well, anybody can beat Vandy. Well, except for uh, Colorado State. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Colorado State fans. But, yeah, no, Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. I was very pleased about that. Cincinnati deserves to be in the college football playoffs. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. They're a good football team. I would be scared to face them. Yeah, they – honestly, Cincy should probably be ranked four right now. Mm-hmm. No, I I can see why you rank Penn State at four, like, or or I, Iowa State or Iowa, you know. Yeah, I, I can see any of those rankings right now, especially, and we'll we'll get into this a little bit later. Yeah, but I I feel like Cincinnati's a top five or a top four school for sure. Oh yeah, I want I want to see them go all the way in a shootout. Oklahoma State beats Baylor twenty four to fourteen. Oklahoma State looked better this week. Them and Oklahoma are the only undefeated teams in the Big Twelve. Could be an exciting matchup in the Big Twelve Championship game. It'd be, it'd be really cool, uh, really cool. And I hope, I hope Oklahoma Oklahoma State wins that championship game because Oklahoma's leaving. You yeah. know, like I don't want to see Oklahoma or Texas win that thing. Yeah, for sure. I I also kind of going back one week mm-hmm. where we are mostly you said that uh, Baylor was going to be a contender in the they still uh, this year they they still they look still very good yeah no they still look good like I'm you know that's just one loss to a good Oklahoma State team so I mean they 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 did well going into um, Stillwater but I mean Oklahoma State when they beat start beating those paddles on the on the sidelines and everything it gets um, it gets a little rowdy up and down there with uh, old Mullet Man as their head coach. Old Mullet Man. Mullet Man. I'm 40. I'm a man. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I, I, Baylor's still in it by no means. Now, if they, I guess it can come into question this week if they lose. But Yeah, for sure. We'll but see. the main games that I watched this weekend, and I'm not even going to lie to you, this past weekend, mm-hmm. Alabama and Georgia's games against Ole Miss and Arkansas, if people had doubts that they were going to lose more than one game this year, I think those doubts were squashed because they handled they handled Arkansas and Ole Miss. Oh yeah, I mean, and I think this goes back to week three or mm-hmm. somewhere in there 
where we both said that they looked beatable, these were the kind of games that we were referring to. Yes. And they easily squashed both teams. Both like teams. Alabama and Georgia both beat Ole Miss and Arkansas handedly. That Georgia defense, I mean, Arkansas is still a good team. Arkansas is a good team. Oh, yeah. But when you put up a goose egg yeah. on that scoreboard, that is a testament to that Georgia defense because Arkansas has a quality, quality oh, they were offense. in the top ten. They yeah. were in they were in the top ten oh, for yeah. a reason. Yeah. I just I mean But again, on that same note, Georgia was number two for a reason. Yeah, yeah, and, and Alabama was number one for three for a reason. Yep. So um I'm, I didn't say that, but okay. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean I'm it's true. It's true, it's true, even though you don't like it, it's true. And then keeping with the big twelve, Texas beats TCU barely thirty two to twenty seven. Texas and TCU. TCU has had tech. Yes, horns down. We're back. We're back. But I mean, TCU has had Texas's number for several years. I oh, mean, yeah. they've always had very competitive games between TCU and Texas. Well, and b- besides this game, Texas has only beat TCU twice within the last ten years. That's crazy. I didn't Twi- know that. Twice. Yes, I saw that stat. Um, Right before the game on Saturday, TCU has only—I mean, Texas has only beaten TCU twice within the past ten years. That's insane. And then Oklahoma and Kansas State were this week, and Kansas State almost pulled up another upset. They didn't look as good. They haven't looked as good as what they—they did the past two years. But that's—that's another weird one where Kansas State has just had Oklahoma's number, and it's really odd for the past two years that that's—that's been a thing. Yeah, and I I feel like you always get those teams in your conference that. Not necessarily are always going to be dangerous like a Baylor, TCU, Texas Tech, anything like that. Mm -hmm. But those rivalry games, and not even rivalry games, but you get those teams in conference or that you play every once in a while that keep it competitive and keep it really uh, close throughout the entire game. Not necessarily win, but they scare you. They really scare you. And that's why you can make the argument for the Big 12 that they're they're up there with Big 10 and and SEC SEC in the SEC conference wise because you know I don't want to hear it but Big 12 they beat up each other you don't really with the Big 12 it's tough to know who's who because they beat up on each other there's no divisions yeah I mean with you beat SEC, up on each other yeah, each with, year with SEC you kind of get that that tiered approach like how uh, we were talking about the Southwestern Conference last week yeah and uh, my modern rendition of that mm-hmm. you would get those tiers at least starting out yeah with the Big 12 you really don't have that with the modern SEC you do. Like, you've got the same team always in it. You've got Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida. Well, and look at, like, the Big Ten. You have Ohio State and maybe Wisconsin or Minnesota or somebody, you know. Yeah. So, I mean. It's nice to see Penn State this year, though. Yeah, no, it's nice to see Penn. You know, as a West Virginia fan, I have mixed feelings, but to me, Penn State and West Virginia is not. Better than Pitt. Yeah. No, they are much better than Pitt. But And here's the thing with West Virginia and Penn State is it's, it's a rivalry, but not really because there was we played them on an annual basis. But back when we were in independent school back in the eighties, I just we played Penn State, but we never could. Penn State always beat us. There was never a rivalry. There was never that back and forth kind of deal. Well, I mean, you got to look at Penn State in the eighties, though. Like, oh yeah, West Virginia was competitive. Don't get me we wrong. We had made no. We didn't have Major Harris back in the eighties. Never mind. 
but Penn State was a national powerhouse in the 80s oh, yeah. and into the early 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, and it wasn't until... Into the 90s and early 2000s. And it wasn't, in, it, it wasn't until a few games in the 90s that we beat them. Yeah. That it really... Um, you know, and there are some there are some older West Virginia fans that'll say, "Oh yeah, no, West Virginia and Penn State used to be a big rivalry." But I think it's just, it was more one sided. It, it was really it was really one sided for it to be a rivalry, and, and that doesn't take away from the quality of those West Virginia teams. Oh yeah, no. But at the same time, Penn State was a national powerhouse for a reason. Well, and you always had Don Nealon's basic vanilla offense of run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass. Well, I mean, you look at LSU Auburn back in the day. Mm-hmm. Auburn used to beat the brakes off of LSU. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't until uh, the '80s when we finally got a win over Auburn. Yeah. Or uh, Auburn, Alabama, with uh, Bo Jackson in the Iron Bowl because yes. Alabama won like uh, 14 or 15 straight mm-hmm. before uh, the. I think it was uh, 1984. I want to say the Iron Bowl mm. between Alabama and Auburn. Uh, I know it's a yearly occurrence, but. It, it wasn't well, sometimes until then that, that they didn't win like fourteen straight. Well, you have the you have those rivalries that they're they're still rivalries, and each team still hates each other. But oh yeah, for just, sure, it's just one sided. Um, you can't really put. I, I in my opinion, you can't put Virginia Tech and UVA in that. Yeah, but, because well, cause it was so one sided for so many years. Yeah, there, there's so not really a, a deep hatred between Virginia Tech and UVA. Oh it's no! Just, oh no! No no! There is there is a there is a massive hatred on the same level as like West Virginia Pitt. Or uh, now West Virginia Pitt Auburn has, Alabama Auburn Alabama possibly West Virginia Pitt if you had asked me back in in like the early two thousands absolutely however West Virginia Pitt has lost its luster because we have not played each other in ten years and over yeah, ten that's years. Fair. No, no, in 10 years. This would have been 10 years that we haven't played, since we've played them. That's so, a shame. Yeah, and see, that's the whole thing with conference realignment, you start you lose those rivalries. Pitt and West Pitt and West Virginia, West Virginia and Virginia Tech were always big rivalries. Um and you you kind of lost those. Those are coming back now. But, you know, I just think that it is going to be I don't know. Pitt and West Virginia or I'm I'm sorry. Um Virginia and Virginia Tech. Yes, there is that Massive. Okay. Ma- Madison Messenger will tell you there is massive hatred. <laughs> Agree to disagree on that. And <laughs> I think that that mainly stems for me from, and I I hate to be a one track record about the SEC, but but you're an me, LSU fan. What dog what dog and fight do you have? You know. Yeah, it's like I've never pulled for either one of the teams, so I I can't say that oh Virginia Tech is going to destroy Virginia this year. I honestly, like, based on record and based on talent on the roster, I could tell you that, but I couldn't tell you, hey. You don't have favoritism. Yeah. In, in that matchup, I don't favor or lean one way or the other. Well, see, for me, I'm just going to I'm gonna instantly just favor UVA just because West, cause Tech is a big – Yeah, well, I mean, y'all have the Black Diamond Trophy. <laughs> we do now. <laughs> Woohoo! In that rivalry. Yes. Not, but still, you know. Yeah. No, no, no. You know what I mean. Now, walking into this week, you're kind of getting – you have a rivalry game, and you got some good games really coming up. Um, yeah, we're just going to preview a few games coming up uh, just to kind of give you all – if you had to watch five games next week, these are the five games you should watch besides the Ferrum game. Yes, the Red River Rivalry. It's a lot of ours. Yeah, it's going to be at uh, in Arlington this year on a <laughs> neutral site. Neutral. 
neutral while it's in Texas. I think Texas has got one. I'm sorry, Jackson, but Texas has got it this year. I'm going to say Oklahoma. I, just to just not to necessarily disagree. just to disagree with you, but you just think uh, Oklahoma was ranked four and then six for a reason. I I think I think Texas I think Texas is going to get it this year with uh, Casey Thompson and Bijan Robertson. Steve Sarkeesian's got something going on over at Texas. As right. much as I'm horns down on this one, horns down, horns all the way down. But I just think I I really I really don't. I'm like you with this. Is I don't have a dog in the fight, really. I don't like. I I equally dislike both of these teams. That's fair. I equally dislike both of these. Well, teams. now especially since they're both going to the SEC. Exactly. So I just think I think Texas is is the better team this year with Casey Thompson, and Bijan Robinson, and just Steve Sarkeesian's the atmosphere he brings and the 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 skill level that he's brought to Texas. I think that uh, Oklahoma has a very high-powered offense, um, and I I don't think it's going to be an easy win, but I think they're going to cancel out Casey Thompson and B. John Robinson just by dropping uh, the defense. Maybe the, forty top. The defense may be that good for Oklahoma. I'm not, you know. Well, I was saying offense, but that's well, just but me. but but the defense too. Oklahoma finally has a decent defense under them. Yeah. So, and I mean that was the problem with them during uh, the Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts era. Oh, yeah. They never had a good defense, and this is the first year that they have. Yeah. Along with putting it, uh, putting together a competitive offense with uh, Spencer Rattler. Yeah. So. That one's going to be a hot, hot heated. <laughs> However, it's kind of funny that people are like, "Oh no, the, these two the teams they hate each other." However, if you're a Big Twelve fan, you're like, oh, "They hate each other, but didn't they just work together to go to the SEC?" Yeah. But, so it's more like Red River buddies that we're gonna kind of bump each other and all be good, you know, <laughs> <laughs> game. So Jackson is ro- Jackson is rolling his eyes at me right now as he's listening to this. If he li- if he listens. Another one, Arkansas versus Ole Miss. Both of them coming off a top, like both both of them coming off a tough loss this week. This is going to be a statement win for one of these teams. I want Arkansas to win because I love their head coach. I really like their head coach. Just he it is like that is like a rags to riches kind of thing. He went from positions coach, not even a coordinator, a positions coach to a head coaching job. I love like the the like the basic blue collar defense of or blue collar team of Arkansas. Owen, I have four words for you. What? Lane train is coming. <sighs> Ole Miss is gonna win. I mean Matt Corral has played too good of football to this point. Granted, not that not not last week. But we won't talk about that. It doesn't matter. But who have they beaten? Oh that's right. Who's Arkansas beaten? Well, they beat a pretty good Texas team. Now, routed a pretty good Texas team. I got Arkansas on this one. I got Ole Miss. Again, agree to disagree on that <laughs> one. But this is why we pick these games, yes. because it honestly could go either way it, this it, week. It, these games are going to go either way this week, except for one. Um, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> except for one. <laughs> um, not not this next one, though. Uh, Iowa and Penn State. A uh, matchup between three and four. Yes. This is, so somebody somebody's going to lose. Somebody's going somebody's to fall. Um, I think this could be this could be a um, preview of the uh, Big Ten championship game. One hundred percent. I mean, with uh, Ohio State, I think they climbed back into the top ten this week. Yeah, boo. But this could easily be a preview of the Big Ten championship, especially with Ohio State falling and Cincinnati. If they win this week, and Iowa or or Iowa and Penn State, one of them has to lose. Yeah, one of them. 
Cincinnati could easily move into the top four. Absolutely. For um, what, the second or third time in team history? Because they were top four last year, and then they so. lost. Who you got in this one? I'm going Iowa. I was going Iowa, too. I think Iowa is just – that Iowa defense. Yeah. I think Penn State's offense is still unproven uh, because they really haven't – they've played some good games, but they just need a little bit more consistency for my my taste. Iowa is just a – they're a fundamentally sound football team, and yeah, I, they don't rely on flash or anything like that. They'll just they'll they'll beat the brakes off of you the old fashioned way. Yeah, no, I I like Iowa's play of football. Did you know they've only had in recent history, and, and maybe this is altogether they've only had three head coaches. Really, I think so. I I I have to double check. That's insane. I think it's only three head coaches. They've been around for a while. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a span. Like, like each coach has been there for at least. A decade and a half well, I mean, to two decades. And that says something about the coaching or the front office. Mm-hmm. In, well, not front office, but... The administration. Yeah, the, the administration. Athletic, the department, the athletic department. Yeah, no, I just think Iowa, Iowa's a sound football team. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you on this one. Next one, Virginia Tech versus Notre Dame. Um, we, we threw this in here just because it is close to home, yeah. but it's also going to give a lot of eyes to Virginia Tech because Notre Dame's still, what, 14? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're still in the top 25, and this could be uh, another opportunity like the UNC game for Virginia Tech to climb back into the poll. Yeah, they're for, Notre Dame's 14th. If Virginia Tech wins, that will be a huge win, but it'll also be like Notre Dame's also not that good. Yeah, and I, I don't think Hokies fans will see it as, oh, Notre Dame's not that good. They'll oh, see no, it no, as, no. They'll oh, see my like, God, gosh, we, we just beat, beat Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yep. Yeah. I got Notre Dame winning this one, and I know I'm going to catch a lot of hate for that. No, I got Notre Dame winning this one too. It's even like again, this is another one that I really don't like, just because Notre Dame is Notre Dame, who they are. And yeah, Virginia Tech is like just, this is rival. kind of one of those matchups where we really like we didn't have a dog in the fight in the previous ones. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you with uh, Texas and Oklahoma, yeah, and me with Arkansas and Ole Miss, yeah. But like, we really don't have a dog in this fight. It's like we, I personally do not like Notre Dame. They they are a very good program and their uniforms are cool, but beyond that, I mean, mm, yeah, there's a lot of history there, and I mean, same can be said with Virginia Tech. Yeah, in the final game, <laughs> UConn versus UMass. Somebody's got to win. UMass uh, is zero and six. UConn is zero and five. Both of these teams are top tier. This is. <laughs> Honestly, this is like if number one and number two played each other. This might be the only win either one of these teams get all year. And I am not saying that as to rag on either one of these teams, but I'm also saying that. Like there's some there's some schools that should just be basketball schools. UConn and UMass are two of those schools. Especially UConn. Kansas should be one of those schools. For sure. Kentucky. Well, not no, this no, year. No, not this not year. This not year. this year. <laughs> Most years. Not this year, no. <laughs> I don't know. Which is so crazy because UConn used to be in the Big East. And I think they may be in the Big East in basketball. But UConn used to be in the Big East for football. And I remember back in 2007, they they were playing. They played West Virginia, and whoever was going to win that game had a shot to win the, the Big East title. Yeah. Because they did a – because the, the, at that point, the Big it East was – It was a round robin, right? It was a round robin, Yeah. So if they had won, they could have won the Big East title. They were winning conference championships back in the early 2000s. But this goes along with realignment. UConn got uh, – when the music stopped for musical chairs, UConn didn't have a seat. 
and they couldn't go nowhere. Cincinnati went to the Cincinnati went to the American, West Virginia went to the Big Twelve, Louisville went to the ACC. You know, all these all these teams had a had a seat. Now for Cincinnati, it may not have been a good seat, but it was better than being UConn and getting left out in the cold. You know, yep. so. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, who you got winning? Or I'm sorry, no. For this one, uh, let's pick the loser. The loser? Yeah. Who you have losing in this one? Mm. Because ultimately, this is the final showdown. UConn, UMass. Hmm. I'm gonna go. I think UConn. UConn. I think UConn, UConn loses. I think UConn loses. UMass. UMass. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I I know next to nothing about either I, one of these things. I, I know, yeah. I haven't paid attention to this. No. Uh, this was just one of those where we both saw 0-6 and, and 0-5. <laughs> and we and said, we oh, like, we got to do that one. This has to be a game of the week for us. <laughs> yes. So if you want to see two... Def- two Not... Te- well, I can't say not, I can't say terrible. If you want to see two win, two teams who who have not had a single win this year, watch this game. And honestly, this might be game of the year. Like who knows? It, it who could knows? be this season. It very well could be game of the year. Like this could be seven overtimes, uh, Texas A and M LSU all over again. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, Odak recap. Uh, Washington and Lee beat Hampton Sydney. Whoop whoop. Absolutely. Although that's a little scary now because Washington Lee tops the conference. Hamden Sydney is they they only beat Hamden Sydney by two, but it's a little scary because now West I mean West Virginia. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's would, later. Come on. Yeah, no West Virginia and Washington Lee. Whew, don't know who's going to win that one. West Virginia would stomp Washington and Lee. I would pay good like once a year. I feel like all Division ones like. Uh, have you ever seen the movie The Longest Yard? Like the, I think I've seen bits and pieces of the it. The Adam Sandler. So in the start of it, they're like, yeah, no. Uh, when I played for uh, Penn State, we used to bring in a Division II uh, school from down the road, and we just beat the brakes off them to get our hype up. It's like preseason, I would pay good money for Division One and Division Three to play each other. That would be awesome. If Farron rolled into Blacksburg just to play. <laughs> but what if Farron beat what if Farron beat Tech? That would be awesome. That'd yeah, be so, that'd be sick. That'd be awesome. Tech would never let that one. Well, down. I mean, Farron, I honestly think it would be a win-win situation because because they get a big fat paycheck yeah, for it. Farron would get a big fat paycheck. Uh, paycheck. You would either get really hype mm-hmm. as Farron if you kept it close or one. Yeah. Or two, Virginia Tech could destroy someone eighty to nothing and get hype for the rest of the season. Yeah. So. But then Bridgewater lost to Shenandoah. That one surprised me. That honestly surprised me. Well, I did some digging on Bridgewater. Bridgewater's a very young team, very oh, young. Okay. That so this it. is because so that is starting to explain a little bit of why Bridgewater is having the difficult, uh, not the amount of success that they uh, they're having. But Shenandoah is looking like a good team now. Yeah. So I mean, they've won what two straight now? Mm, I think so. Yeah. They've won either uh, two or three, something like that. Um, so, and they're right there. They they now have taken over the place of Farum because they're one and one in the conference. But yeah, no, they're on. Oh no, it. they've just won one. In yeah, a row. they lost last week's game. Gotcha. But yeah, no, Washington and Lee is four one overall and three and zero in conference. So yeah, <clears throat> they're on a four game winning streak. Um, Can I say something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. The ODAC this year is as competitive as it has ever been. 
I think so. Because even though Washington, even though Hamden Sydney is two and one in conference, but they're two and three overall. Yeah. Well, if you take that out of perspective, mm-hmm. four and one, four and one, two and three, three and one, three and one, two and three, one and two, mm-hmm. with the exception of three teams, mm-hmm. everyone's only lost one game, which is four. Four team or uh, yeah, four teams have only lost one game this yep. year. So, I th- I honestly think the ODAC is up for grabs this year. If Washington, yeah. especially if Washington Lee falls off, yeah. But that one loss in a conference is killing Randolph Macon right now. Mm-hmm. No, it is Def- most definitely. Um, and then Guilford had their game with the, was supposed to have their game with Apprentice, but due to COVID nineteen issues, their game was postponed. Understandable. So. Now we get into the heartbreak. Uh, Ferrum recap. Ferrum loses to Randolph-Macon by 44-21. I will say this. Randolph-Macon is number two in the conference, and this week they kind of proved that Randolph-Macon is number two in the conference for a reason. They they just play – they don't do anything wrong. Their penalties, their their penalty yards, I, they I, had one penalty the entire game for five yards. I said this last week. They're the excellence of execution. Yes. They're the Iowa of ODAC. Yeah. Like, they run a super simple, basic offense and then expect you to mess up. And that's exactly what Ferrum did. Yeah. And, like, their their own line was getting a good push. And they they ran all over Ferrum. They, I mean, they ran all over Ferrum. Yeah. It was... It is rough. Uh, Titus Jones was getting rushed quite a few times. He wasn't make he wasn't making some great decisions. He made now he made good decisions. Like had great had a great deep ball. He threw several of them down deep and was on target. But I mean he you and it's not his fault for making bad decisions for getting rushed. You know. Yeah, you you can only if you're a one man wrecking crew. That will only carry you so far. Yeah. Especially in the ODAC. And I don't even know if it was the O-line's fault. It was just that Randolph-Macon was just getting good penetration. It was, yeah. Yeah, it could have been Randolph-Macon just having an elite-tier defense. Yeah, and and then they had, oh my gosh. So this one was kind of a fluke interception. Titus Jones throws it over the middle. The linebacker sees him throw it and just jumps up one-handed, smacks it out of the air, one-handed catch. An interception right there in Ferrum's on Ferrum's territory in Ferrum territory. That's just great heads up defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're taught as a defensive lineman and as a linebacker, as soon as the quarterback throws the ball, jump, get your hands in the air. Yeah. Um, however, Ferrum did have a, have a fumble recovery late in the fourth. A little too. Uh, yeah, too little, too, too late. late. Yeah, it was in the end zone. Um, so what? And, it was it was just too little, too late. However, home crowd was not as loud as what it was for Averett, and I think the heat had something to do to that because it was kind of a hot game. Yeah, but I mean, it was not like Averett. Like I sat halfway up just because I like sitting a little far up just so I can watch the game a little bit better. But I mean, I was sitting right, and I think there were five or seven rows that were just empty right in front mm. of me. or it, They weren't empty. They had people on them, but for the majority of the part, yeah. they were empty. It wasn't anything like when we went to Averett, Averett was packed, and you couldn't yeah. really see. And, I mean, you, you kind of get that for opening week yeah. um, before everything shakes out. But, I mean, this was an, a previously undefeated Ferrum team. Yeah. 
Like this is the only blemish on their record right now. Yeah. And I in my personal opinion, I still think Ferrum can get the job done and win the ODAC, mm-hmm. but they have a tough schedule up ahead for them. They do. They they do have a tough schedule. Um, defense showed glimpses of good penetration, but again, they gave up over 500 yards of offense. For Ferrum's defense gave up over 500 yards of offense. Um, but they did get four sacks, so that's that's where I'm saying that they got the good pr- penetration. They got four sacks on the quarterback. But like West Virginia, Randolph Macon was using that uh, was using a two QB system. Oh, gotcha. So okay. there was one that they could still throw it, but there was one that was a little bit more athletic in the fact that he could he could run a little bit better. Yeah, he could run the option and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they could still they both were really accurate with the football. So, and <laughs> this was also wild. Macon only punted once during the game. Mm. Only once. When you that get that, one hurts. yeah. When you when you get that kind of offensive production, it, it's hard to lose a game. Like you want to at least be punting. It, for you to have a chance to win, you want to at least be punting like half of your half of your drives if yeah. you're the other team. Well, and for Farum too, when you don't have good starting field position, I mean, especially in the second half, they I don't think there was anything they didn't start anywhere over the over the thirty. I don't even think they I think each time they were starting at the between the twenty five and the thirty yard line in their own territory. Even with that fumble that fumble down in the end zone, they had to start back on their own twenty five. So I mean, field position in the second half was not in Farham's favor. So I mean that that really I deal with it. Um, but also in the second half, it took Randolph making 20 seconds to score in the second half. You go into halftime 27 to 14. You're not in terrible shape. And Farham yeah, that's a, a very winnable game right well, there. Well, and also Farham had a – That's a two-score game. Yeah, that's Farham, a two-touchdown game. Oh, yeah, and Farham had um, – Farham was in it. I think they had the lead in the second quarter, but then Macon just came on back. You know, just that fundamentally sound. But here's also another little tidbit. Randolph Macon scored 17 points in the third quarter. Up to that point, Farham had only scored 14 the whole game. Mm. 14. That's not that's not what you want to see as a Farham fan. You no, know? absolutely not. And it was just they got off to a hot – Macon got off to a hot start after kickoff um, of the second half, and it was just on from there. It was – Yeah. It was not fun. Now they now Farum did end up Farum did end up scoring later on, and it made it forty four to twenty one. But still, it was they had they were they. I won't say they were mounting a little bit of a comeback, but towards the end of the fourth, there they were really starting to move the ball a little bit after they got that fumble and got some energy and things like that. But other than that, they just were not. It, I don't know. It. I don't know what was what was going on. I. I mean, you show up and you played. You've played good football the past three weeks. I don't know how. I don't. I just don't know. They just didn't. It just didn't seem like Farham showed up this week, and it was. It was really upsetting. Um. Hopefully, they can get the ball rolling and uh, shake this one off. And with um, the struggles that Bridgewater's having, yeah, it looks good for next week. So, I mean. Like you said, Bridgewater is a young team. Young teams, for me, are dangerous just because you never know when they're going to come together and play. Well, and also they're super inconsistent. You never know which 
which team you're going to get. You know, yeah. you may get that super talented team that just looks unbeatable, and then you may get ones that are just like nothing's working because the lack of inexperience. Yep. Um, but Farum still three and one overall doesn't. Yeah, like, like I said, I know we're kind of harping on this loss. We were both zero and two though for yeah. this for this week. Yeah. Um, we overall here at the Panther Pod we went zero and three. Yeah, like it was West a, Virginia lost, LSU lost, and, and Farum lost. Yeah, it was not a fun time. Um, so yeah, there's still plenty of football left to be played. Titus Jones was 24 for 33, 372 passing yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Which the one interception again, we can kind of attribute to heads up. That was more the defense making a play on the ball than a misread by uh, Titus Jones. Mm-hmm. Um. Heck of a game. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, no, it was a great game. Uh, Zach Smiley had eight carries for 28 yards. Um, and then Tamade Penn had six receptions for uh, six receptions for 163 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, it, uh, we Titus did. Titus Jones and Tamade Penn, they're there for a reason. He was also wearing a different number. He wasn't number one this week. He was number five. Really? Yeah, I don't know why, but he was number five this week. Maybe I noticed he lost that. his jersey. I don't know. <laughs> um, but overall, passing yards, Farum had 372 passing yards. They averaged 11.3 yards per pass. Wow. So that, so they did really well. They averaged more than a first down. Yes. However, rushing is where it's got them. They averaged 22 rushing yards. And you may be saying, but they wait. They had 22 rushing yards. They they had 20. What did I say? Oh, no, they oh, had. They averaged twenty-two rushing yards. No, no, no. They had a total of twenty-two rushing yards. Oh, you said they averaged. Oh, I'm sorry. No, they they had a total of twenty-two rushing yards. And you may be wondering, well, Zach Smiley had twenty-eight yards. Yes, but Titus Jones had negative nineteen rushing yards. Oof. So that dropped them down. Um, they averaged one point two yards per rush. Oh. So that's where it got them. Penalties, they had two penalties in the entire game, which equaled 15 points. Not bad for Farum, especially because they are an emotional team like we've mm-hmm. covered. Yeah. Um, they're, they're a very hype-based team, and yeah. this honestly could be one of those situations where it came back and uh, bit them a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but they had two turnovers, uh, which was a, there was a fumble and then an interception, and, they aver- and total offensive yards, 394 total yards. For Randolph-Macon... I think you pronounce his name Brett. It's B R E C H T. Uh, Brett Huken was nine for twelve, one hundred eighty-five yards and one touchdown. Justin, um, I think it's DeLeon, had seven carries for sixty-eight yards and two touchdowns. And then Joey Hunt had six receptions for fifty-nine yards and a, and one touchdown. Mm. They average now. However, they had more passing yards. They had, I mean, had less passing yards. They had two hundred and sixty-three passing yards, but they averaged ten yards of first down per pass. So a little bit under what Farum did. Yes, but at the same time, they, to me, that stat line reads that they started out with better field position and they were able to uh, convert a lot mm-hmm. easier than what Farum was. However. They had 297 rushing yards and, and averaged six yards per rush, 5.7 if you want to be exact. So six. Six yards per rush. They only had one penalty for five yards and one turnover. That was the fumble in the end zone. However, they, they had a total of 560 yards offensively. Jeez. Yeah. So needless to say, they steamrolled. That Farum defense. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, not a fun day. Not a fun day to be a panther but 
now we can move on to LSU and the recap. It wasn't a fun day to be a Panther, sure. It was less of a fun day to be a Tiger. LSU was leading that game until three minutes in the fourth quarter. Uh, 3-11 left to go. (sighs) If Bo Nix isn't in, and this hurts, if Bo Nix isn't in your Heisman, it wasn't in your Heisman conversation before, he definitely should be now. Well, now, see, he had that rough – but he he got pulled – he got benched during the Georgia State game. That's why they were losing. Yeah. was because of Bo Nix. So – um, I wrote I, under here, I said, Bo Nix equals playmaker on my notes. Um, I remember watching that game, and several times in the fourth quarter, I, I thought LSU had him dead to rights. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Bo Nix just escaped. And I, I don't know if that's because Bo Nix is a heck of an athlete or if he... He sure did look like a heck of an athlete. <sighs> or if the LSU defense just doesn't know how to tackle. Uh, Ed Orgeron did take the blame for the loss. Uh, he said that there were some play calls that he left on the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it, it's hard to put all the blame on him, especially when our defense uh, just isn't wrapping up. That, that's what I saw a majority of the game. Yeah, you don't, you're supposed to tackle people. You don't bump them. Yeah. You know, West Virginia used to, do the, used to do that really badly. Was They wouldn't wrap anybody up. They would just bump them. It was truly a QB showdown between Bo Nix and Max Johnson. Uh, Johnson went 26 for 46, 325, a touchdown, and an interception. The, but that was right there at the end. Uh, yeah. just a de- that was a desperation Which, again, play. this is the second week in a row that Johnson threw an interception in the fourth quarter. Yeah, um, that was just a desperation play. However, he did look good. He, yeah. l- he looked real good during the game. So. <sighs> Max Johnson for Heisman? I said that week one, and you laughed at me. I didn't see him play week one because they were on the SEC Network. No, no, because were they or was it on a? Yeah, it was SEC Network. Well, because they were playing UCLA. It it should have been SEC Network. If not, it was like the Super Night game. That's what it was. It was the Super Night game. Uh, boot, boot, boot. Uh, solid six receptions, one twenty-seven, and a touchdown. That catch was catch, quote unquote, was wild. <sighs> yeah, I know. And see, I here here's my thing. They didn't have enough. I personally thought they did not have enough video evidence to overturn that call. No, they didn't. I didn't think they, they had enough. They spent 15 minutes reviewing that. If you spend 15 minutes trying to review it, then you don't have enough evidence. Yeah. You don't have enough video evidence. I just, I I saw, I could see the ball moving kind of, but not really. Like I, That was one of those calls that could have won us the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put it in... The oh, we would have won that game. No, if it's that a possibility. Call was though. Upheld. It was a possibility though, because it stops the clock because he goes out of bounds. With one twenty left, Boot did have an and beautiful, amazing catch. Yes, and it was overturned. That's what we're referring to. Anyway, Boot's stat line was six receptions for one twenty-seven and a touchdown. The only touchdown for Max Johnson this game. Mm-hmm. Which is it's fairly consistent with what we've seen, but again, this kind of harps back to the point that I made last week, where Boot is going to be a stud. Yeah, like no matter who drafts him, he is going to be a great wide receiver. 
Well, and that's like what I said two weeks ago when we lost to Oklahoma. Field goals don't win you football. I mean, they no. they do because they won Oklahoma the football game, and then they won Texas Tech the football game. But if you're if you're wanting, thank you, I appreciate that. Um, if you're if you're want if you're wanting to win, and you want to always win, you've got to score touchdowns. Yeah, you need red zone efficiency. Yeah, and I and I mean that technically is red zone efficiency. You came away with points. But at the same time, it's not touchdowns. No, you it's not You need touchdown. touchdowns to win games. Yeah. Um, you want me to go over Auburn's stats? Or no, do you, or it's do you, fine. You still want to do LSU's? So the only other thing that I'm going to harp on, mm-hmm. our leading rusher had 22 yards. Mm-hmm. Five carries for 22 yards. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's like, come on. Yeah. Bo Nix... Again, when we said this was a quarterback duel, this was a quarterback duel. Yes. Bo Nix went 23 for 44, 255 yards, a pu- uh, one passing touchdown, and one rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. Bo Nix also had 74 rushing yards. As a defense, if you look at 74 rushing yards from your uh, quarterback, that's insane. Yeah. That is, that is something that should not be allowed. Samuel Schenker... He had five receptions for 102 yards. Again, quarterback duel, but also lead wide receiver duel with Boot and Schenker. Yeah. They averaged six yards per pass and 5.6 uh, yards per rush. It's like there's there's no way we – the bottom line is this. Our defense needs to step up in that kind of situation. Yeah. like You need West Virginia defense. <laughs> As we said, if you combined yeah. West Virginia and LSU, we would be awesome. Yes. Oh, by the way, I th- we talked about the Mothman and everything last week. Gypsy Moths. Gypsy, gypsy Moths. Gypsy okay. Moths were the ones that Dad was looking for when he was Mothman. LSU did have six penalties for 50 yards. Auburn had four penalties for 40. So 10 yards, give or take, between the two of us. I mean... Yeah. <sighs> It's an SEC rivalry game. That's that's bound to happen. And Auburn hasn't beaten LSU at LSU in Death Valley since 1999. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> that is over. That was that's that was 22 years ago, Cole. Oh, that streak has been alive just as long as I was. Yep. And now it's over. Over. Um, but yeah, I mean. Again, this kind of harps back into last week with what I was saying. Our defense needs to be a little bit more consistent. Um, but our rushing game, we we have to figure out a way to either incorporate it or just run the dang ball. Yeah. Like, we, we can't get it started. We can't keep it going. We can't do anything. And if if we want to win games, Max Johnson needs a solid backup in the backfield. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but n- can I have the soapbox now? <laughs> if you want the soapbox, you you have to pry it away from my cold dead hands. Yes. Okay. Uh, like- but no, that that concludes my recap of LSU. It, it was a tough loss. I I hated I hated that I stayed up until two a.m. watching that game and got nothing away from it. I stayed up getting the stats for that game. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, my turn. Guess what, everybody? It's 2019 again. <laughs> For West Virginia, it is because ugh, that. Uh, let me let me just get this out of the way. 
it was absolutely shameful the way West Virginia came out and played. You have a defensive legend in, in Greg Talley coming back. And actually, I'm sorry, Daryl Talley, not, not Greg Talley. Daryl Talley coming back to retire his number. And it's also homecoming week. Oh, and by the way, you have your top quarterback and wide receiver recruits there in Morgantown to come watch you play. Stadium sold out, just about sold out. I think it was just about sold out. Um, but it was absolutely shameful how you played. I mean, this was ridiculous. First half, I don't know where the defense was. Walking into halftime, we they were it was seventeen nothing Texas Tech. Why I don't I don't get it. Every year, Neil Brown, Texas Tech has had Neil Brown. Um has had Neil Brown's number every year from 2019, 2020, and now 2021. I don't get it for three years. For three years. And then, now we had a great second half, best second half that I've seen them play, but before that we were we we actually scored. I mean, um, you know, this second half we actually scored more than nine points in the second half. We scored 20 points in the second half. Where was that the first half? And here's what I'll say about the first half. Daggy, what in the world? He should have been benched in that first half. Granted, he was the reason we came back in the third quarter, but he should have been benched in the first half after his awful play. I wholeheartedly agree with, and that's the one thing I will say. I think Daggy is act, actively ruined your chances to win that game in the first half. In the second half, he played phenomenal football. Oh, not phenomenal. But third quarter, he played good enough for us to win. Yeah. But he is a fifth-year quarterback making freshman quarterback mistakes. What are you doing? Why are you still playing him? I don't get it. Before this game, Daigie had six passing touchdowns but had four interceptions. How was he still in the game? How was he still playing? I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, Neil Brown, when he was at Texas Tech as a positions coach or coordinator at Texas Tech, he coached Daggy's older brother, Seth, at Texas Tech. Why? I mean, I get it. That's a, you have that relationship there. He's not good. He's not any better. He's a fifth-year starting quarterback. He's a fifth-year starting quarterback for a reason. Yes. And honestly, he should have the experience not to be making these mistakes. Yep. I just – and then this is what makes me so mad – with how they're using Garrett Green. He needs more reps. And he marched him all the way on down the field. And then Oh, he, Garrett Green had the best drive for y'all all game. Yes. Up to that point because yeah. third quarter because we had a third quarter that happened. I'm sure there was paint that was taken off the walls with some of those words used in the halftime by Neil oh, Brown. I would have I, I know I normally say this once a week, but mm -hmm. I would have really hated to be in that locker room at halftime. If I was one of the players, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like but but with Green, they're not oh, they're just they're not using him the, like he is obviously he, he was highly recruited coming out of high school. So he is obviously he can obviously read a defense well enough to get this the backup job at a power five school. I mean, like I just don't understand it. If he was that good, Brown, and you wanted him that badly, why is he sitting on the bench when you have Daigie, who has all the experience in the world? Yeah, and if anyone's saying that Green doesn't deserve the starting job because the, of his upbringing yeah. or anything like that, or because of his football upbringing, 
you're wrong. Then Daggy is actively proving you wrong. He obviously played great football to get where he's at now. Yeah. You know? And it's just, oh, this, it just irked me. And then West Virginia gets booed going into halftime by their own fans. This game was in Morgantown. We mm. had no business losing to uh, Texas Tech in Morgantown. Had no business losing to Texas Tech in Morgantown. Was Neil, and, and here's another thing I got. Was Neil Brown outcoached? For this game, yes, because clock management and timeouts were awful. When you are calling a play, you need to have, hey, you need to look at your players right before you go out. Hey, by the way, these are the two plays we're calling. If here, Here's a, maybe a run play or a pass play. Read the defense. Daggy, if you don't like what you see, call the second play. If you don't like what you see after you make adjustments, run it up the gut. We're not wasting yeah. timeouts. On, in in the red zone on a first down. Yeah, there there's no way your play call should take longer than 10 seconds. You have got to get it together. I mean, wake up. And Neil Brown even said, he said for he said when Garrett was out there, when Garrett Green was out there, he called one of Daggy's plays to Garrett Green. He had Daggy's playbook that he's got out for play for Daggy. He called one of Daggy's plays for Garrett Green. And Garrett Green executed. He executed. But when he missed that fourth down conversion, boy, he got chewed out and scalded by Neil Brown. It says something when your good old boy nature, like how we were saying last week, is attractive to players. But then you get moments like that where you're like, man, why am I here? I'm a second string player who was highly recruited. I missed a fourth down conversion. He, and you could argue bad play calling at that point. Maybe. Well, and, and, and here's the thing, too. We shouldn't have been in that fourth down conversion because freaking Doug Nestor had another had, – had, um, Doug Nestor committed three penalties the entire game. One of those was a false start and then two holding penalties. One in the red zone, and that was Green's third and one. All he had to do was just run it. Well, then you third and six. Well, then Brown calls a run play on third and six. Yeah, no, that – Anywhere outside of five, unless you have a running back who is averaging five to six yards per carry and is like going to win the Heisman, there's there's no reason to call a run well, play now, there now, in that situation. Don't get me wrong, Liddy Brown's our best player, but he only got fifty seven yards this game. Seventeen carries for fifty seven yards. Man, how does it feel to not have a good run game? I don't know what last year he had over a thousand yards on the year. I don't I don't get it. I mean, and this is just I just I, Garrett Green is taking the most of the very little playing time he's getting, and it's not fair. He is he 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 was the only one, the only one that scored a touchdown against Oklahoma, and he still only played the first half. He didn't play hardly any in the second half. And Neil Brown said, "Get mad at me all you want, but Daggy played his best half of football in that third quarter. Don't get mad at him. I'm gonna get mad at him because he was the reason we got in that position to begin with. He fumbled in the first half and lost it. You are a fifth-year quarterback. Quit making these mistakes. If you can't tell, I'm very upset about this loss. Yeah, <laughs> and you were complaining about me and my soapbox. Lord of mercy. I know, but I will give it to Neil. I will give the but, but I will give the benefit of the doubt to Neil Brown." When Rich Rodriguez took over for West Virginia after Don Nealon, eight NFL caliber players that he took over with. When Bill Stewart took over, he had eight as well. When Dana Holgerson took over, he had nine to ten NFL caliber players on his team. When Neil Brown took over, one. 
Yeah. He lost 90% of his offense to the draft or graduated. Yeah, and I mean, here's what I'll say in regards to that. You should only, realistically, you should only have these players for four to five years. Any more than that, and one, you're either... Now, now, most with like COVID eligibility and everything. It's going like to be, yeah. yeah. Mo- I think all players that went through the COVID year have six. So, yeah, pe- six so, years of so eligibility. This, so, next year's incoming freshman class is going to have the normal five years of eligibility now. Um, so, if like, they redshirt. Yes. So, Nico uh, Markiol, which is the new. Marcoli. No, it's Markiol. Oh, Markiol. Yeah. I, me. Yeah. No, I, I mispron- I've been mispronouncing it this whole time. I thought it was Markoli. No, it's Markiol. Excuse us. Excuse me. Yeah. So, um, Excuse me. <laughs> but, uh, and here's the thing, too, is we need a full-time offensive coordinator. It's time. I'm tired, and Dana Holgerson did this, and this was our biggest, was our big problem when we were, when he was at West Virginia is he was so offensively minded that, yeah, defense coordinator do what you want. Yeah, defense is whenever you have a head coach that is offensively minded. And you see this a lot in the Big 12 where you have a lot of offensive minded head coaches. Uh, defense is always a second thought. Well, yeah, but and, and that's why we had – that's why Oklahoma had such terrible defense and that's why it used to be such high-flying offensive score set. I'm just going to outscore you. So that way you don't have time to catch up, and hopefully my defense can get a stop or something. You know, we need to hire a full-time offensive coordinator, and that's what I was trying to say with Dana when Dana Hogerson was at West Virginia is he would call the offensive plays. But when we got Jake Spavital, who is now the head coach at Texas State, um, he was the offensive coordinator during that awesome 2018 season. I say awesome, but we finished eight and four. But you had we we thought we were going to be we were ranked number five at one point. Because we thought we were, you know, we were six and zero, had just beaten Texas. Well, I mean, and and that's also like credit to Will Greer. Oh yeah, for that and David Seals, Gary Jennings. You know, yeah, you had a lot of NFL caliber talent come out of that team, and that's why you were ranked number five in the nation. Yeah, but I mean, it's time to hire a full time offensive coordinator and don't do it with a co offensive coordinator. Yeah, no, that that's ridiculous. You, like the head coach is there to coach in those tough moments. Mm-hmm or give a final decision to the offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. But beyond that, the head coach should be there to not yell at your players, but correct your players' mistakes in-game. And just oversee everything. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I mean, it. and Neil Brown, I just, he doesn't, he doesn't have, he's not attacking like he should, or like we think he should, you know. I just, I don't know. But also, and this is what got me, the, he said that our their energy, or West Virginia's energy, the players' energy, was not good on Saturday. And I'm sitting here thinking, you're in Morgantown on a 3.30 game. It is b- nuts in there. And you're going to tell me that your players didn't have any energy? How? Why? And he was upset with that, too. He was very – he's he's been he's been a man on a mission this week. Like, he is mad that they lost this game. And it was just – Yeah, I would be, too. Yeah. And, and another thing too is right there at the fourth quarter, Winston Wright, who was the country one of the country's most dangerous uh, kick returners, knees it at the ten yard line. Let him run it back, and if he gets down to the third, like the thirty or the forty or whatever, if, and if you knee it at the ten and you can pick up one yard, pick up one yard. Like I understand, but we had no timeouts. That was the thing. We're it was like twenty two. It was twenty two seconds left to go in the game. 
and they kick it off because they just kicked the touchdown. Instead of Winston Wright maybe waving it off for a for touchback. Touchback, yeah, for a touchback or a fair, fair catch. For a fair catch or trying to run it and then getting to the 35 or 40 possibly, okay, you may have like 17 at best seconds on the clock, maybe maybe, maybe 12, I would say. Or if Winston Wright takes it to the house, wins you the game right there. Exactly. Why did you have him knee it down? And he defended that, and I, I don't get it. If Daggy played his best half of football, why, 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 why were you gonna were you gonna let him start from the ten? I just it it just it uh, it irritated me so so much. Um, we had absolutely no business to a team that uh, gave up seventy points and over six hundred yards of offense the week prior. Oh, and by the way, would you like to hear how many of their starters were out? They didn't even have their whole team in. Let's let's just see here. Again, the uh, the starting you're going to tell me to get off my soapbox. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. Um, <laughs> their first, their uh, starting quarterback out, starting uh, running back out, starting receiver out, or leading receiver out. Eighty five percent of their offensive production gone right there. Their starting center gone, starting safety gone, starting quarterback cor- corner back gone. How did we lose this game? We had no business losing this game. No business. Here's another thing, too. Winston, during the game, Winston Wright was, uh, was open, wide open on his route. Deggie never looked his way. Letty Brown was wide open in the end zone. Deggie throws it out of bounds. Two missed opportunities for two touchdowns, and you're still going to make an argument that Deggie is your best option at quarterback. Also, Offensively, West Virginia is second to last in the Big 12 by four points. Mm. Would you like to know who's last in the Big 12? It's freaking Kansas. (laughs) Freaking Kansas. I mean, this is ridiculous. We're now 0-2 in the Big 12. And I I, I feel like what I have to say right now is what every West Virginia football fan is feeling right now. I mean, it was ridiculous. We're two and three. Are we even going to make a bowl game at this point? We have to walk into Baylor next this up this week. Hey, y'all can play us. We're right there with you. I mean, we're three and two. We're three and two. But I mean, look at our upcoming schedule. I hear you. Stats for West Virginia. Daggy. Yeah. You ain't got to get that aggressive, bud. I hear you. Daggy, 25 for 33. Again, that came mostly in the fourth quarter. 318 yards, one touchdown, and a fumble that he lost. Lady Brown, 17 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Isaiah Esdale, which got he got his bell rocked uh, on a touchdown. Six receptions, 113 yards, one touchdown. Um, we had 336 pa- total passing yards. We averaged 9.4 yards per pass. 94 rushing yards. We averaged 9 point, or I'm sorry, 3.5 yards per rush. Six penalties for 48 yards. We had one turnover and 424 total yards. I didn't realize y'all's only turnover was the uh, the Daggy fumble. Well, let me tell you, it sure didn't feel like it. Hmm. <laughs> Columbia, which was the backup quarterback for Texas Tech, 23 for 34, 266 yards, one interception. We did get a inter- we get we did get a turnover. Thompson, uh, who was a running back. Had 12 carries, 48 yards, two touchdowns. I think this name is 
name is pronounced. Um, how do you pronounce that? Uh, Geiger. That's what I was going to say. It was Geiger. Seven receptions, 82 yards. They had a total of 266 passing yards. They averaged 7.6 yards per pass. They had 80 total rushing yards, averaged 2.7 yards per rush. However, they only had two penalties for 20 yards. And 346 total yards of offense. If you look at those stats, you're going to look at it and say, oh, West Virginia wins the game. Yeah, and I mean, you you also look at those stats and say, oh, Daigie really didn't have that bad of a game. But his stats do not translate his on-field performance. That's what I keep trying to tell people is his stats do not. Yeah, most of his stats come in garbage time. <sighs> I'm going to get off my soapbox now. Are you okay? I'm all right. This also puts me in my fantasy football league at the bottom. I'm currently 5-4, 5-4 and four, five and four mm. at my fantasy football league. Who did you have for uh, NFL? Buffalo Bills. Oh well, I mean, at least that's a that's a high spot. Yeah, they still have that one loss though. All right, I'm gonna get off my soapbox now. So thank that, you. That <laughs> you stole the soapbox and you held it. I did. Um, I was not gonna let it go. Pry it from my cold dead hands. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna have to pry it away from you. I yanked it. Um, that kind of concludes our recap for LSU and West Virginia. <sighs> Now we go into the AP Top 25. And this is everybody's favorite segment of the week. Cole, please tell us, who is number one? Coming in at number one is Alabama. Ah. They're 5-0. and oh. They were number one last week. They were number one the week before that. And they'll probably be number one for the rest of the season. Unless Georgia beats them. Unless Georgia beats them. Or unless they get beat by somebody. I thought Ole Miss would be their best chance. Yeah, and like like I said earlier, that w- Ole Miss and Arkansas were the kind of games that we were like, okay, these teams look beatable. These could easily be upsets. Boy, how wrong we were. Yes. Yes, um, we were wrong. We were very wrong last week. If you listened to episode five, we were... Ooh. Yeah, episode five was not a good week for the predictions. You remember we were, when you thought I was good at this whole thing? Yeah, yeah. We It was not a high spot for us. Coming in at number one, Alabama. Number two, Georgia. Uh, number three, Iowa. And number four, Penn State. Um, this is where we were saying Cincinnati could easily jump into the top four. Either one of those teams lose. Mm-hmm. Penn State or Iowa will flip places. Yeah. Or, or excuse me. If Penn State beats Iowa, Penn State will jump up to the three, and Cincinnati will de facto be in that four spot, unless in, or, uh, Oklahoma makes the jump up to the top four. I th- like I said, I think they lose this week. Um, Cincinnati is fifth. I think they should be higher, at least fourth. I think at least fourth. Um, after them, number six is Oklahoma. Number seven is Ohio State. Uh, Back in the top ten. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Oregon. Is eighth after that loss to Stanford. Stanford's, Stanford's pretty stout football Yeah, team. they dropped from uh, three to number eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine is Michigan. Mm-hmm. Again, be careful. Oh, again, be careful. They're 5-0. and oh. they, uh, They're looking they like actually a- – Came up from fourteenth uh, to ninth. I know they're that, they're looking they're looking like a like a dangerous football team. They could be in the mix there between uh, Iowa and Penn State for the Big Twelve. I mean, I'm sorry, Big Ten championship. I mean, you have four Big Ten schools mm-hmm. um, in the top ten right now, mm-hmm. which makes for a very competitive uh, Big Ten. There is one Big Ten school that I really don't think should be ranked in the top ten, and that is Ohio State, just yeah. because they're four and one. Yeah. 
Um, they did lose to a good Oregon team, but yeah. But at the same time, yeah. Um, number ten is Brigham Young, BYU. They can't. They've moved up from thirteenth. Oh, uh, Michigan State, number eleven. Uh, shout out Ethan Berger. Mm-hmm. Oh, happy um, birthday, by the way. Happy birthday. Today is his twenty-first birthday. Uh, they moved up from seventeenth to eleventh. Mm-hmm. Quite a big jump there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma State again, another big jump. Uh, they're five and zero. They're at the twelfth spot. They were nineteen. Had a good win against Baylor. Uh, Arkansas dropped quite a good bit. To th- yeah, from eight to thirteenth after that uh, embarrassing loss this past yeah. week. Yep. Uh, Number fourteen, Notre Dame, uh, going into Virginia Tech this week. Uh, we'll we'll see about that. We'll see if they maintain that ranking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coastal Carolina, man, slowly they, but surely, they are in it for the long haul. Yes, uh, they were sixteenth last week. Uh, I think they were seventeenth the week before. Yep. Hey, guess where they're at now? They're fifteenth. They're fifteenth. Look at there. Um, um, number 16th ranked Kentucky, which hey, we play this week. Hey, 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 I got it. So this article came out on CNN. I saw this on Google. Um, everybody wants to give West Virginia a hard time about couch burning. Let me read you the headline for this article that CNN wrote. Several fires set, one arrested after University of Kentucky's win over Florida. We're not the only ones that burn, but we don't burn the city down when we win. Woohoo! This is S- I mean that's SEC football. That we've been doing that. Again, we we would we fit SEC culture, you know? Oh man, if West Virginia ever gets into the SEC, it's not going to be a good look. Hey, we were we were supposed to. I know. Um because we we SEC was genuinely wanting us to come in. And, and then, then uh what CBS? No, ESP ESPN freaking ne- ESPN. The deal. ESPN says no, we want Missouri, and because they have the dollars, SEC said, "Ooh, Missouri." So yeah, um, so 16th is Kentucky, dropping from 12th to 17th is Ole Miss. Uh, Again, after that tough tough loss, yeah. yeah. Uh, number 18 is Auburn. Wow. Number 19 is five and zero Wake Forest. Florida, who's two and three, is twenty. Uh, and I'm sorry, what? Wake Forest should be ranked higher than nineteen. Yeah, yeah, almost definitely. They should be ranked. Yeah, honestly, they they should be up there in the, the top fifteen. Yeah, for sure. I think so. Like, but I love Coastal Carolina, and Coastal Carolina and Kentucky makes sense for me. Yes, uh, Wake Forest should be above Ole Miss and Auburn, in my opinion. But However, that, that's just me. I understand they're yeah. they're SEC schools and. Wake Forest is an ACC school. Well, Wake Forest hasn't really played a whole lot of people. I mean, they yeah. played Florida State and, Louis- and beat Louisville. So, I mean, I don't, eh, you know. Yeah. Um, I-, I see it, but at the same time, I, I feel like they could be ranked higher. Horns down. Um, I- yeah, no, I said Florida. Florida at 20th. Oh, Florida at 20. I don't see how they're in the they're in the top 20. Well, they're 3-2. and two. It's just that, again, SEC. Yeah, they've, they've lost to two big schools, but. Still, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah, Texas is four and one. Horns down. down. <laughs> We're getting good at that. We're getting better. Um, number twenty-one is Texas. Uh, number twenty-two, Arizona State. Both of those teams are staying in the exact same place they were last week. Texas makes sense at twenty-one, just mm-hmm. because they are four and one. Yeah. Uh, same with Arizona State. I mm-hmm. mean, until they play a bigger school, they're probably going to stay there. Yep. Uh, North Carolina State. The, or in North Carolina State. Wow, I'm reading it. NC State. NC Wolf State. Pack. The Wolfpack is 23rd. They haven't moved. Um, um, I, I actually like that because last week I said 
Wake Forest should be higher than NC State, and they listened to me. <laughs> they Wow, they actually took a listen to us. Thank you so much. So much appreciated. Love it. Yeah. Um, SMU, I think it's one of those old school Southwest. Yeah, they make sense. Uh, yeah. Four and, or five and oh, be having an impressive win over TCU. They're, they clock in at the 24th spot. And then 25th is San Diego State. Mountain West. Um, <clears throat> so uh, others who receive votes. This is the first time in a long time Clemson has not been ranked. However, they did receive 96 votes to be in the top 25. I don't see it. I don't either. Texas A&M receives 41. Oklahoma State receives 27. Oregon. Oregon State. Oh, Oregon State. I'm sorry. Oregon State receives 27. Baylor receives 24. And I'm going to be honest, I don't understand why Baylor dropped they dropped out of the top 25. They're still 4-1. and one. Yeah, they. it really doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, um, Mississippi State received 18. Virginia Tech received 13. If Virginia Tech knocks off Notre Dame, they could easily go into the top 25. Yeah, quite only, a good bit. I think they only have that one loss, and that's to West Virginia. So, um, Stanford received 11. Uh, UTSA climbed up. Um, they have 10. Uh, Pittsburgh has 6. Fresno State has 5. <laughs> Texas Tech has 4. <laughs> and they're 4-1, and one, by the way. Um, serves you right for beating... Uh, West Virginia. Oh, uh, Western Michigan has three. App State has two. Kansas State has two. Boston College has one. And everyone's favorite, UCLA, has one. No Army this week again. No Army this week. Sad. I know. But I wanted to get into some conference realignment news. The American Athletic Conference failed to poach the Big 12 like they, like they were supposed to. So after that failed, they went to talk to – they attempted to point, to poach Boise State, Colorado State, Air Force, and San Diego State from the Mountain West. All four gave a hard no. Do you know why? I can't say that I do. Because they were one of the teams that, were, that are being considered for round two of Big 12 expansion. Really? Yes. All four of those teams. Boise is the one that's being most looked upon. But all four of those teams want to stay in the Mountain West – because they want they want to have a chance to get that Big Twelve invite. Here's what I'll say: uh, not really for competition. I'll I'll kind of leave that to you. Mm-hmm. But for travel time, it really doesn't make sense to try and poach teams if you're the Big it Twelve. It makes more sense that American name now because you're stretching yeah. all over the United States. Um, it doesn't really make sense for me personally for travel time for the Big Twelve. No. Because a lot of your teams are in the Midwest um, Midwest to uh, East Coast. But now with BYU, you're out in Utah. Yeah. So, again, it it's kind of a toss-up for me for travel time, mm-hmm. but that definitely extends those flights a little bit and makes it harder for the fans to go to games and, and if, this, if this scenario comes to pass. Well, and this also shows that geography still matters to to a, to a to yeah, a point. for sure. You know, that, hey, I really don't want my basketball tra- team traveling out there two nights sometimes. On yeah. a, I don't want my basketball team traveling out there for a Tuesday night yeah. to go play uh, Boise or San Diego State all the way out there. Yeah. Great travel destinations. Some of these are great travel destinations for but, Big 12 fans. And, but And here, here's what I'll say again. Uh, like looking at track and field or anything like that, which again, most of those happen at neutral sites. You don't really get like a home and away. Yeah, for track, track yeah. meets. But 
it, it kind of makes organizing those a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with For like, like a, volleyball tournaments yep, or anything like yep, that as yep. well. Or baseball because baseball has those like those three away and three home. You yeah, know. like home stands and yeah. away stands. Um, but this is good news for the Big Twelve because the Big Twelve looks better now. They look, I mean, yeah, they look like a comp- conference who people want to be a part of. Well, and adding uh, Cincinnati and BYU, especially UCF, is, which has surprised me, but this is first year coach under Gus Malzahn. Um, Cincinnati and BYU are very competitive. They're, I mean, they're ranked high. Cincinnati is now ranked higher than Oklahoma, and BYU is right there in the mix as well. So, I mean, this. Uh, the Big 12 looks good. They're looking better, especially the new Big 12 is looking a lot better than what people thought, whereas like a month ago, people thought they were gone, dead, in the dirt. this is it. These other eight teams better be finding themselves a new home. What a year to start this podcast. I know. I know. Yeah. It's – we did good. <laughs> we did good. Um, not, to, not to pat ourselves on the shoulder or anything, but, you know, uh, we did pretty good. Pick uh, perfect timing. Yeah. So the Big 12 is still – "Quote unquote," the pri- uh, prize chicken of a conference, you know. Just yeah, it's. I mean, with with talk of them at the start of the year dropping down to group of five, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I, I don't think ever could have happened. No. Um, with Texas and Oklahoma le- leaving, mm-hmm. I think this is a not necessarily a great alternative because I feel like this isn't even an alternative. This is a great plan. This is for the yeah. Big Twelve, absolutely. You're bringing the spotlight to these teams who honestly, frankly, deserve it. Mm -hmm. And now um, I kind of want to get your thoughts a little bit on some ACC or AAC, I'm sorry, AAC potential candidates. These are some of the candidates I have. Sure. Conference USA, Marshall. I could see it. I I could easily see it. With the AAC kind of going all American and going across and not really caring about travel time or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I could easily see Marshall. That that fits. Um, from the Sun Belt, Louisiana Lafayette. Louisiana Lafayette deserves to be in a Power Five conference. <laughs> like be, that. That's my only hesitation. That's another. That's another. The, the, just in the name, raging Cajuns. You can yeah. tell that. Raging, raging. Um, but yeah, no, I. Besides my personal beliefs as, uh, like, a, a Cajun descendant, they deserve to be in a Power Five. They will never be in a Power Five. Uh, but it makes sense. Yeah. Um, also from the Sun Belt, Coastal Carolina. I think Coastal Carolina should hold out because I think they're turning a lot of heads this year and mm-hmm. they could easily fall into the Cincinnati uh, pattern, like how they did... The previous well, that's what I'm years. saying is, is they're going to get more recognition being the being with the AAC than they would be with the Sun Belt. Yeah, but with the AAC, how long of that's almost like putting a Band-Aid on. It's like okay, yeah, we'll true. we'll put this, we'll bring in Coastal Carolina, um, but we're not going to find a long-term fix for that because it's only a matter of time before Coastal Carolina joins the ACC or another conference you out think on. So? The, not necessarily ACC, but another conference. Uh, like I, I honestly could see ACC going uh, Power Five instead of Group of Five, just because they're getting a lot more eyes on them uh, this year, especially. Mm-hmm. But who knows? This next one I think will surprise you, JMU. Really, James Madison University, because there was an art. There's been a couple articles written where the athletic, where they've sat down with the athletic director, and they've said with all this conference realignment. 
is this with all this conference realignment news? Is this the time for JMU to finally move up to FBS? They sat down with the athletic director, and he has stated that they are in the talks with several FBS conferences. Conferences. Who? I can I see it. I don't know, but I think they'd be a good fit in the American. Yeah, they um, make sense. It would be too much, too too much of a. Um, of a request or a demand for JMU to go straight from FCS to Power Five. Yeah, no, I and I I think that's kind of the opposite of the Coastal Carolina situation. JMU makes sense mm-hmm. for the AAC, yes. especially if they're trying to expand into more of an East Coast fitting mm-hmm. instead of going across the nation. Mm-hmm. Like JMU's good. I don't think they could easily get into Power Five right off right off the rip. No. Another one from Conference USA, UAB. Overrated. You think so? Yeah. I think UAB is overrated, but because of that Birmingham market, that's why. It's a great school. Do not get me wrong. I have always firmly believed that UAB is overrated. I think so, too. Um, Another one from another FCS, North Dakota State. Underrated. Honestly, under they have they are the Alabamas of the of FCS. Yeah, I mean it, they have dominated the FCS yeah. championship. Honestly, for them not to make the jump after Carson Wentz left mm-hmm. surprised me. Well, I, and even after who's the guy or uh, Trey Trey Lance? Yeah, Trey Lance. Yeah, you know, I didn't even make that connection. He he was a either a he was a top ten draft pick out of an FCS uh, top school. five top oh top five yeah, yeah he's top five because uh, Niners drafted him. Third overall? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Second or third overall. See? Top five draft pick yeah. out of an FCS school. Oh, I mean, Carson Wentz was in the exact same boat for the Eagles. Yeah. They drafted him top uh, top five or top ten. Yeah. See? So, and then lastly, App State. Dude, come on. What do you mean? I love it. Oh, I oh, absolutely love that. See? Yeah. Boone, it, Boone it North Carolina. sense. Yes. Uh, but you know why it will never one- happen? Money. No, because it makes too much sense. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> well, and to my point about money, App State, besides their devout following of football fans, mm-hmm. they're not going to pull in anything else. Boone is Boone is a great town. However, like I love App State. Yeah. I've always loved App State. The the uh, however, West Virginia is the true Mountaineers. <clears throat> okay. Okay. The whole state is one big mountain. Yeah, and Boone, North Carolina is basically a mountain. Whatever. Anyway, I love that fit for the AAC. I don't think it would ever happen. One, because it makes too much sense. And two, because App State doesn't have that much revenue. Yeah. Not not necessarily for football, but I'm looking at the other. Well, but none of these programs. really do. Yeah. None of these really do. So, um, And here's an interesting little tidbit or question that I have for you. Do you think that a Power 5 team could move down, one of those lower-hanging Power 5 teams? Oh, like a Vandy, Cal, uh, Rutgers? Not Cal. I, I think Cal brings in way too much money. Uh, but I think Vanderbilt or Rutgers. Maybe, maybe Kansas. I don't think Kansas would ever move down. Just because of their basketball? Mostly because of their basketball, but also as a matter of pride. Um, Rutgers, I could see. I think give it another two, three years, and you could easily see a Power 5 school. Vandy in specific for the SEC, yes. especially if uh, 
the TV deals come up for uh, renegotiation. Yeah. Well, and see, that's the thing too is if no one they could be cut. I don't know if you. Can, I don't know he, if a conference can do that or not. But I mean, he, here's the question I want to ask you: Have you ever turned on the TV on a college game day Saturday and said, "Oh man, Vanderbilt's playing"? That just feels weird coming out of the mouth. Yeah. Like. <sighs> Vandy makes sense to drop down, um, especially if the SEC is looking to replace their lowest hanging fruit, which it's Vandy. I mean, yeah. And same could be said about Rutgers in the Big Ten. Uh, if they're not careful and they don't get a solid coaching staff and at least win and make it to a bowl mm-hmm. every three, four years or so, mm-hmm. they both of those teams need to be careful. Yeah. But that's all I have for conference realignment. So, uh, previewing now um we're gonna it's okay Cole. it's okay we're gonna preview the lsu game oh buddy do we have to oh yeah oh yep um so lsu plays number 16th ranked kentucky um going back on my soapbox here for a second our schedule is not looking great if this was any other year, I would be excited about this game. I am not excited about this game at all. Um, Kentucky, they are very much a relevant football program this year. The things I'm looking for in this game, win or lose, will be if we can establish the run game against a very questionable Kentucky front seven and if our defense can execute and hold Kentucky's quarterback to under 300 yards passing. I I don't think either one of those things will happen easily, and they might not happen in the same game, but we'll see. It. All I'm going to say is, is at least it's not Bama yet. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get through the preview with the LSU game when it comes to Bama, when it comes to Florida, when it comes to Texas A&M, which is all who we play in the next four weeks yep. so we'll see it's gonna be a fun time if y'all need me i'll i'll be somewhere i won't be here <laughs> he's gonna be crying it'll just yeah, be me I'll, on the podcast yeah that y'all, week. y'all will just hear crying in the corner and occasional <laughs> word of support and uh <laughs> constant yeah you okay buddy <laughs> constant uh constant chance of uh get rid of daggy yes <laughs> um i think all that being said, I am not going – you will hear me say LSU will beat Alabama this year. That is not going to happen. I know that in my heart, or I know that in my brain, but my heart is telling me something else. Um, I think LSU wins against a number 16-ranked Kentucky. We didn't receive votes last week. Um, I think LSU wins uh, 28 28- 24. I'll I'll throw that out there. Owen, what you got? If if you do not win, I will tell you there is a good possibility Ogeron's gone by the end of the season. I here's here's my thing with Ed Ogeron. There have been more and more fans calling for well, there's a lot of scandals going on too. Well, that too. That doesn't help. Everyone now has woken up to the fact that 
the only reason why we were in the national championship is because of the pure talent in that game when it comes to LSU. But but I'm being honest, th- that talent is one in a million. I mean, y'all had a phenomenal all eleven phenomenal of team. our offense. Yes, all eleven, and then I think. But your defense was good too. I mean, yeah. you blew out a you blew out Clemson. Clemson. With Trevor Lawrence on the, yeah. you know, like there's, <laughs> you, uh, yes, no. You, once in a generation quarterback. Once yeah. in a generation quarterback. And, and for an SEC team, I don't, I mean, Max Johnson, I think is good. Now, is he Joe Burrow level? I don't I, think so. I don't know, but he's still a quality quarterback. I, mean, I would love to have Max Johnson. Yeah, Joe, Joe there's always going to be an asterisk next to any LSU quarterback now. Mm-hmm. Because of Joe Burrow's insane 2019 season, yeah, he set the single season uh, touchdown record. Oh, he yeah. set the touchdown record and he set the passing yard record. Speaking of passing yards, did you see Brady broke Breeze's? I don't want to talk about <laughs> it. Like that was the only thing that Drew Brees had, and Brady snatched it away from him. I know because he has to play for 50 years in the NFL. I think the next record he's going to go break is um, what's his. Autograms, Autograms. championship? I, no, not his championship. I think his age. Autogram is the oldest player to date. Uh, is, George Blanda. George Blanda. No, was I'm a, sorry. Autogram was the oldest quarterback. I think. Oh, excuse me. I sorry. think. Sorry, not. Well, I oldest. mean, technically, Blanda was a quarterback and a kicker, but towards the end of his career, he transitioned into kicker more for the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. Well, um, see, kickers have a longer lifespan just because yeah. they're not taking so many hits. Well, uh, Morton Anderson. Excuse me, Morton Anderson is the oldest kicker to ever play in an NFL game. Um, yeah, I although I, Adam Vinatieri was very close. I think he was still a year or so off. Yeah, um, I would love to see Pat McAfee still being in it. That would be awesome. I would love for Pat McAfee to be in the NFL right now. He, yeah. there would be no way because he would get taunting penalties. So many taunting penalties. So many. That that one hurt. That one hurt to watch. Uh, and honestly, it's not even – Breeze was at the game and he cheered Brady on, but as a Saints fan, you're like, really? Come on. The Tom Brady had to go to the Buccaneers and assemble the 73-9 and nine Golden State Warriors to, to even do this. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. I'm mm-hmm. off my soapbox for the NFL for now. <laughs> Um, what's your score prediction for LSU Kentucky? Oh gosh. Um, yeah, I didn't even, we went on this whole tangent. I didn't even get to, here's my thing. I think Kentucky is cocky and will get cocky during this game and make a few mistakes. They have every right to get cocky. They have every right to, they just, they beat a 10th ranked Florida. Yeah. I'm going to go LSU. LSU 24-21. Barely. It's not going to (laughs) happen. Barely, I I appreciate you sticking by me, but it, it is not going to happen. <laughs> like, and I know I just said twenty eight twenty four or twenty eight twenty seven or something like that. I don't think they blow you out though. I no, don't. There, I in in my heart, I am screaming at myself for not saying LSU is going to win this game by a lot. But Kentucky just ex- they execute and. LSU's defense needs to step up, and we need to establish a run. That's what hard. I've been saying all game, it's or very all hard. year. It's very hard for us to um, pick against our teams. Yep. So now getting into West Virginia's preview, we walk into Baylor this week. Baylor's 4-1, and one, we're 2-3. and three. Um, Gary Bohannon is, for Baylor's quarterback, he's, he's pretty good. And 
had a had a had a good game against Oklahoma State, made a few mistakes. And I've heard from Baylor fans that they're they're worried they're worried they're they're cautiously optimistic about this game because of West of how deadly West Virginia's defense is. Yeah, you know uh, we didn't play our best game last week, but still you held uh, you held number four ranked Oklahoma to sixteen points, and even then they never had the lead the entire game. Yeah, so um, I yeah. Gary Bohannon scares me a little bit because he he's a he's a solid quarterback. He he doesn't make that many bad decisions. But like I said, the the Baylor's offense and and West Virginia's defense are are good. That is going to be a good matchup to see. Yeah, for sure. However, on is, the flip side of that, on the flip side of that is De- De- they released the depth chart and Daggy is still starting. He's when's still, enough going to be enough? When 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 when. Your, when Shane Lyons, your athletic director, walks in and says, "If you start Daggy, you're fired." Like he, he, there is no way he was happy about. Oh, and by the way, I didn't even know this. Oliver Luck was in town for, for last week's game, against Texas Tech. So that makes it even better. Oh, commissioner of the uh, Extreme Football League. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good football league. I'm not gonna lie. I enjoyed watching those games. <laughs> It was something new, something different. But no, he used to be AD. I thought. Yeah, he he used to be AD, but he also was a he was also he's also a legendary quarterback at West Virginia. Yeah, but if Daggy, I don't want to see Daggy. I just don't want. I don't want to see Daggy. I don't. I don't want to see Daggy. I don't. I don't want to see Daggy. I want West Virginia to win. 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 But I think Baylor's gonna win. Oh, oh my oh, gosh! Oh. And my gut is kind of telling me that West Virginia is going to win, but I don't know. I just score prediction twenty eight twenty one or twenty seven twenty one something like that. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thirty twenty one or thirty one twenty one. Thirty one twenty one. West Virginia. Thirty one twenty one. That's all I'm going to say. Thirty. <laughs> You're not even going to commit. No, oh, my not, gosh. I can't commit. No. Um, I have I've commitment got, issues with this. <laughs> I've got commitment issues with this West Virginia team. No, um, not co- commitment issues on whether they're going to win or not. Not my fandom or my loyalty. No, 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 no. Uh, as you say, decked out in blue and gold. Yes. I've got West Virginia winning. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, I'm going to go cry a little bit. You're good. Uh, I've got West Virginia winning. I'm going to go high scoring. I'm going to say 35-32. That's if Green's in the game. (laughs) (laughs) You're okay. Go cry. (laughs) Okay. On Uh, to Ferrum. (laughs) Sad stuff out of the way. Ferrum football now. Yes. Um, Ferrum plays Bridgewater. It's at Bridgewater. Which is... Correct me if I'm wrong here. I think it's a two-hour drive. Something like I don't know exactly where Bridgewater is. Uh, Farron plays Bridgewater. Like we said, Bridgewater is a very young team. Yes. Bridgewater is also, what, second to last in the ODAC right now? Yes, yeah. second to last. They're own two in the ODAC. Um, I think they'll go on three this this week. I think Fer- I think Farron's a good team. I think Cleve Adams has, or Coach Adams has this game. Or has this team right? You know he's building something good. What I want to see out of Ferrum, 
again. Uh, what I want to see out of Ferrum is defensive consistency. Bridgewater College is in Bridgewater, by the way. Wow. <laughs> wow, we're stupid. What I want to see out of Ferrum is defensive consistency. Um, yes. How much are you going to get through that young offensive line? I think yeah. they maybe have two seniors on the offensive line. They got Berger, who's a junior, so he's not that. No, it's, it's uh, Bridgewater. Oh, Bridgewater, yes. Um, I think so, something like that. Bridge, like I said, Bridgewater's just a young team. Um, but I think with the experience that Farron brings, it's um, they've got a good chance. I think Farron can win this one. Um, also didn't know this. This is very sad news. This is Titus Jones. This is his last year. Mm. Yeah, he's leaving after. Yeah, I think he's leaving after this fall semester. Um, yeah, I... Oh, Randolph Macon plays Emory and Henry this week. That'll be a good one. Um, I th- yeah, no, I th- I think Farron gets the wind, and I don't think they sweat it too much. But I think uh, Randolph Macon does give them a bit of a scare. I'm gonna go 28-14, Farron. Uh, Bridgewater, not Randolph Macon. What did I say? You said Randolph Macon. I'm sorry. Oh, that yes, I'm still on that game. We're good. That one hurt a little We're bit. Good. That hurt. Uh, Farron Bridgewater. What is your score prediction? 28-14. 28-14. Yes. Um, I think that Ferrum wins. Uh, I'm going to say 35-14. I think this is going to be a statement game for Ferrum. They're going to be a really off, good statement game. They're going to shake off the rust out of the Randolph making game, or shake off the bad feelings out of the uh, Randolph making game, mm-hmm. um, and kind of and come away with a win. Um, like we said, that is at Bridgewater. It is at two o'clock. We don't have ticket prices this week, unfortunately. I believe they're right around the realm of it's still, like yeah, 10, it's 15, 10, 20 bucks. It's, it's still ten dollars. Um, however, next week will, will be a big game. It'll be the homecoming game, Ferrum and Shenandoah. So that'll be a good that'll be a good game with how Shenandoah is shaping up. But that'll be next week. But also, ODAC, for ODAC games this week, you're going to have Shenandoah and Guilford. Shenandoah's got that one. Apprentice and Washington Lee. I think Washington. Washington and Lee, yeah. Emory and Henry and Randolph-Macon. I've got Emory and Henry winning. I'm going to say Randolph-Macon. Okay. And then, as we said, Farum at Bridgewater. So the yeah. Shenandoah-Guilford game is at 12. Apprentice, uh, Washington Lee, Emory and Henry, Randolph-Macon are at one, and then Ferrum and Bridgewater is at two. Yep, that's your late game. There's uh, no night games this week. You, I believe you'll be able to see video uh, of it on the ODAC website. It oh. should also be on... Ferrum's website as well. If you, if you Google co- uh, Ferrum College Football, there will be, when the schedule pops up, there will be a – you just have to kind of scroll down to find the Farrum and Bridgewater game. There will be a little, like, it looks like a little camera icon. Click on that, and it will play the game at 2 o'clock. Okay, so previews are out of the way. We can't, we like to end our episodes doing a fun hypothetical what if. Mm-hmm. Um, or just like our top five, top three kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Owen, I know you asked the question last week. This week it's my turn. Yep. Owen, who are your top three college football players of all time? Any position, any era, any team? Um, Actually, you know what? Let me amend this ever so slightly. Uh-huh. It shouldn't affect anything. If you could bring three college football players back for one game at their prime, who would you want to see? Um, Feel free to bring back favoritism, everything yeah. like that for your team. Um, can I get? I'm going to get one for my favoritism. 
Absolutely. Each one, I think, of us would get one for favoritism. Absolutely. I, I would love to see Pat White come back for, for West Virginia. I think he is he is a great football player. Um, now, top three of all time, I'm going to say Major Harris. A lot really? Of people, a lot of people under underestimate Major Harris. And he was a West, I know he's a West Virginia guy, but Major Harris was a really good football player, um, really good at the quarterback position. Um, I think he's kind of underrated. I know I'm going to get a lot of eye rolls, but he comes in at my number three. Number two, Bo. Bo Jackson. You stole mine. <laughs> Crap. How, how can you not pick Bo Jackson? Bo knows, man. Uh, exactly. 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 I mean, we literally just talked about the Iron Bowl where Bo went over the top. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Oh, gosh. And then who is my third one? I kind of want to go really old school and say Terry, Terry Bradshaw. Really? But... Uh, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm gonna have to dig a little bit. You go ahead and give yours, I'll give mine. Okay. Uh for my favoritism, mm-hmm. like for for the one player that I would love to add to this year's LSU team, mm-hmm. um quarterback play has been great, wide receiver play has been great. Uh Taran Matthew. Duh. Mm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Him or Patrick Peterson. I'll throw either one of those two. Um, both were absolute studs. Patrick Peterson and Terran Matthew were the reason why we are called mm-hmm. uh, defensive back university. Are up for debate for DBU. Mm-hmm. For my top three, number three, I'm going to go Reggie White out of Tennessee. <sighs> I wish things could have been different for him in the NFL, and I wish that he could have had the opportunity to play longer than what he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Reggie White... Uh, I'm going to go Barry Sanders out of Oklahoma State. That's a good one. That's a good one, yeah. And then for my number one, uh, shout out to Nola on this one. I'm bringing back Reggie Bush. Ooh. Um, Minus the Heisman controversy. Mm -hmm. Minus all that stuff. Reggie Bush for one more game Mm. for USC. I would love to see it. He... Reggie Bush is one of the best college football players of all time. Mm-hmm. And if I really hope with the NIL that uh, they reinstate his Heisman, mm-hmm. but he is one of the greatest and he is just not talked about because of all the controversy surrounding him. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand why he clearly and he clearly broke the rules with what he did. Yeah. But, so recapping for me, favoritism, Tyran Matthew, Patrick Peterson. Those two are linked together in my mind. Uh, Reggie White, Barry Sanders, and Reggie Bush. All right, you want to hear my number one? <sighs> Go ahead. Randy Moss. Really? I think so. Okay. Randy Moss out of Marshall. Another West Virginia guy, you know. Yeah, I mean, come uh, on. Staying in the state, man. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of Bo. But. Yeah, with the exception of Bo. I almost went Peyton Manning. Old forehead himself. <laughs> I thought it was five head. <laughs> Honestly, at this red? point, it's like eight head. Did you, did you see the? Um, <laughs> did you see Monday Night Football with the Mannings? When, oh, that was awesome. When, when they with the cow when they had the Cowboys guy here, the big helmet, and Eli goes, "Hey, that might that might fit you, Peyton. That might be the only helmet that fits." <laughs> Uh, so honorable mention for me, mm-hmm. I know that we both kind of favored offense there. Yeah, I, I would love to see Brian Bosworth play in today's uh, college football. Mm. 
I really think he was an absolute stud mm -hmm. uh, out of Oklahoma. Um, I don't know how clean he could play in mm. today's college football. Yeah, let's see, that's the issue. So, yeah, but for one game, I'm sure they could let it slide. So mm -hmm. Brian Bosworth, uh, you could go. I mean, you could go four horsemen out of Notre Dame. You yep. could go. There, there's so many different routes you could take to bring back for one more game mm -hmm. and see how they would play in today's college football. But I mean, yeah, yeah. There, there's so much you could do with. And that. to recap for me, favoritism. Pat White. Yeah. I mean, Virginia. you got to. Yeah. And then. Not Pat McAfee? I like, <laughs> Pat, I like Pat McAfee. I like his personality. But did he do anything that really. I mean, he was a great kicker. Was really a great kicker. But. And then Major Harris, Bo Jackson, and Randy Moss. I can so. see it. I can dig it. Mm hmm. So. But that kind of wraps us up uh, for this week. Be Episode sure. Six. To, yeah, that wraps up episode six. Uh, be sure to give us a listen on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Uh, you can catch us. Check out our social media accounts mm -hmm. at uh, on Instagram, and Facebook, don't, don't Twitter. Be, yeah, don't be afraid to also send us questions. Yeah, send us questions on Instagram, whether Facebook, we post it or not. Twitter, always send us questions. Yeah, uh, or shoot us an email. Yep, at the uh, shoot us an email at pantherpod twenty one at gmail .com. Uh, and then social media handle across the board is at the Panther Pod for Facebook. You can just look us up, uh, the Panther Pod. Yep, give us a like. We've had a lot of likes this week on the Panther Pod, which has been awesome. We're glad y'all enjoying the show. So, with that, I'm Owen Spenick. My name's Cole Connor, and you just listened to the Panther Pod. Woohoo! <laughs>